What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. Finally, finally starting to feel a little bit like fall out there. Not completely. I mean, you know, we're we're still in shorts and t-shirt weather, but uh, at least it's not like 98 degrees. So, All right, before I get into my next project, let's go ahead and read some tech support. Long distance support call. I used to work IT support for a fairly small company of around 80 to 100 users. The company was located in Fort McMurray, Alberta, and dealt primarily with radio rentals for companies on the Syncrude and Suncor sites. Because of the small volume of tickets, we also did work for contract companies that needed techs to do warranty work for things like Dell, Bell, Lexmark, Xerox, etc. This one day we get an email with a request from Bell to do a line upgrade at a police station in Turner Lake, Saskatchewan. I've never heard of the place and had to look it up. I emailed the contracting company and they insisted they got the right depot as we're the closest geographically to the customer. Turns out we're roughly on the same latitude and about the same distance from the Alberta-Saskatchewan border on each side of it. Plotting a course to it, however, involved taking an ice road, which wasn't frozen over at this time of year. Otherwise, it was a 12-hour trip one way, down to Edmonton, across the border, then north again to Turner Lake. There was a significant safety issue here as I would have to go alone and I don't believe there were any accommodations in the small town for an overnight trip. The safety officer said no to the drive but decided to arrange a flight for me instead. He booked a helicopter charter from Fort McMurray to Turner Lake. Phoenix Heliflight was the company. The jet black helicopters and orange red Phoenix birds painted on the side. Great company to fly with. I didn't want to think about the bill. Granted the cost would be charged to the contractor company which then would be passed to Bell but I digress. So instead of a 12-hour drive, it was a leisurely 45-minute flight by heli. The first time ever on a helicopter, and I will never forget the experience. My manager had to get in on the trip and came along. One sitting in front with full 180-degree view, the other in the back switching places on the way home. The whole trip to another province took merely the morning, and we were back in the office. But the ironic part of the story happens at the customer site. We ended up landing in their hockey arena parking lot, as it's the only place big enough. With snow all over the ground and kicking up high in the air, it's safe to say we attracted quite a bit of attention in the small town. An officer picked us up in his truck and literally drove us to the station, a converted mobile trailer just down the road. My job, remember, was to upgrade their internet line by flipping a few switches on the back of their router and have Bell direct me on which ones. They would then do a test to make sure it's all good, then I can leave. So when we arrived, there was a tech already there from SaskTel pulling cables and whatnot and taking up all the room in the small data closet that held the networking gear. I waited for him to finish while my manager chatted up the officer about the flight. I watched him as he connected cables, hooked up a switch, then he grabbed the modem and started flipping switches on the back. Wait, what are you doing? I asked. Oh, I had this work order from Bell to upgrade their internet line. He says, showing me his paperwork. I pull out mine and sure enough, it's exactly the same job. He finishes in the closet, calls Bell to test the line. All is good, so he leaves. I did nothing. I call Bell. They test the line. All is good. Yeah, the upgrade looks good. You can take off now, the rep says. Funny you should word it like that, I laughed. I explained about where I came from and how we took a heli to get here, only to find Sastel Tech had done the job for me. A manager was put on the phone. I repeat the story. He's pissed, but not at me as I was just doing my job. I'm going to have to talk to dispatch about spending unneeded money, he says through gritted teeth. Thanks for your time. Have a safe flight home. I didn't even open a tool bag. We got aboard the officer's truck back to the helicopter, then I take the front on the way back. Like I said, we left like 7 a.m. and we're back in the office by noon. It's funny, I've been in some fairly remote places before, but the thought of taking a helicopter to go do a small job just blows my mind. I can't even imagine what the fuel cost for that would be, let alone the flight time, the pilot, whatever. Yeah, that's just nuts, man. 
And this has to be way out there if it's a uh, old converted like mobile home type trailer for the police department. I've seen some of these on shows in uh, for the Alaska State Trooper show. I know a lot of their substations and things like that are, are mobile home trailers and small shacks and things like that. Just depends on where they are, I guess, and how remote it is. But sounds like that dispatcher was kind of playing the either or situation with the text and uh, somehow I ended up sending it to both of you guys. So, oh, well, at least you got your time paid for. Can't get rid of this error message. So I'll begin by saying that most of us supporting the medical profession know, or find out quickly, that intelligence in one field doesn't translate to computers and or tech in general. Main user is the C-suite higher up, user 2, C-suite even higher up. Support equals me. Email comes in from user 2 stating that they have an error message on their screen that they can't get rid of, no matter what they try. I ask user 2 what the error is stating and they tell me it's an error regarding an incorrect Zoom link. Now I'm thinking, that's weird, should be able to just X out of an informal error like that. So I ask the user for their machine name so I can remote in to assess the situation. When I remote in, I ask the user to show me the error message. Here's where the fun starts. They open their Zoom chat with user and show me the screenshot that user sent to them with the great Zoom error. User 2 states, there it is and I can't get rid of it at all. <laughs> I take a deep breath and explain to them the impossibility of closing a static image of the error message. So somebody sent him a picture and he's trying to close the error message on the picture. That's amazing. I mean, did this guy not know that he was being sent a picture? Like, I don't get it. No, I want it the other way. So I get a ticket from level one. User wants to reshuffle our monitors, but there's no option to save it. First off, good job, level one. Why not file a ticket for yourself as well, since you also don't have that button? Anyway, I go on the user's PC with remote assist and start shuffling things around, asking her if it's alright each time. She's perplexed. How can I be so clueless about what she wants? I try to explain that she's at home. I'm in the office and such. I have some difficulty imagining what her setup looks like. We try all possible combinations of screen arrangements and primary screen settings, like literally go through each and every one of them. It's still not the way she wants them which is mathematically impossible, unless she wants a nonsense arrangement. Here, this is what it's like for my colleague. I want it like this. And she attaches a print screen into the chat. Well, all right, here. I copied that exact setup. It's still not right. I thought you would help me. Again, I try to explain that unless she intends to start live streaming her desk with a camera, I'm not exactly sure what else could possibly be done to help her. I even advise her to play around with the screen setup window and put them the way she wants them to be. Then she got the idea that I'm accusing her of playing around. I thought you were here to help me. After a bit further explanation about how grammar works <laughs> and exclamations about how hard it is to do the loads of work like this, the ticket got closed with an inconclusive not solved. Someone else can have fun with that if she insists. How many different configurations are there? I'm picturing two monitors, maybe three. Okay. You want primary, secondary, and tertiary to be where? And that's it. Left to right. Do you have one up above? Okay, we can do one, two, three in a diamond pattern, a pyramid. What? <laughs> I'm thinking about hooking up. I've got I've got two monitors in front of me and you know, I use each one for different things. My left is my primary, my right is for my secondary stuff. And then uh I've got this TV up here that I'm thinking about hooking up so that if I'm listening to YouTube while I'm doing other things on these two monitors, I can have it playing above me. I don't necessarily need to see it. Uh so who knows, maybe I'd just play it in the background and minimize it, but I don't know. People seem to make things so overcomplicated that it's ridiculous. The misrouted calls are coming from between the keyboard and chair. I'm an application support analyst, too, for a major Silicon Valley company that makes financial software. 
you probably heard of us before. My job is to handle issue escalations from the leadership teams of two of our biggest platforms. Typically, this requires some troubleshooting, and if that doesn't resolve it, I interface directly with the platform developers on the requester's behalf. Today, I received a contact from a manager who was attempting to make outbound calls to a collection of customers that their agents had been working with, but whenever she dialed out, the call would be misrouted to a support contact for another customer she wasn't trying to work with. I spent a little bit researching, contacted the Tier 1 support who do a lot more stuff with the soft phone we use, determined that they'd never experienced the issue, checked her provisioning and everything looked right. Her account was configured correctly. I even tested dialing one of the numbers she was trying and the call connected immediately. So I invite the manager to a Zoom session and ask her to share her screen and make an outbound call. She shares her screen, her soft phone is in a post-call status. She immediately goes into available status. As many of you who have worked a call queue before know, going into available status means you'll be receiving a call. And as we're a huge company, one comes in immediately and there's a guy on the line. She starts stuttering and says, this is an accident. And then immediately hangs up on the guy before turning to me and she's like, see, this is what happens when I try to make an outbound call. I'm pretty sure she could hear the facepalm of my voice as I explained to her that she couldn't be going into available to make outbound calls and walk her through changing her status into one that takes her out of the queue so she can dial out. She goes red-faced and I politely walk her through testing the outbound call. It goes through while I hold back the, oh my god, how did you even get this far, in my voice, politely encouraging her to use this method to call out going forward. The only question I don't want answered is, how many customers has she hung up on between her hire date in 2020 and today? So for a company that big, I can't believe there wasn't some sort of training that covered all this. Not to mention the fact, if I was having that issue, I would have either Googled it or pressed the help button. I'm not too big on these soft phone programs, but I'm pretty sure almost every piece of software I've ever worked with has a help button on it. <laughs> where you can do, you know, frequently asked questions and things like that and kind of scan through real quick and find out what the issue is before, you know, starting a ticket with tech support. Uh, monitor setup. Back in the good old times with bulky monitors, I used to support a department for two to three years, then they moved offices. Our contract wasn't prolonged. Several months later, I had an appointment with another company in the new building. The new IT guy for the department I knew approached me and asked if I could help him out. Sure, what's up? One of the workers complained about her monitor setup since they were in the building. He had tried everything. No resolution was correct. Affair? She even got a new monitor. To add more shame, she continually told him, I'm sure OP could solve it instantly. Poor guy was desperate. I entered the office. Big hello from the ladies. It was very hard not to laugh. IT guy was so curious for the solution. Mrs. X, now you have a new desk. Your monitor's now at the correct distance for typing. Move your head forward 50 centimeters. Does it look like before? Mrs. X moves forward, brightens up. Yes, that's it. When she's got her nose at the monitor, it's just like before. <laughs> I tell her it's much more ergonomic now. She's happy and promises to now sit correctly. She then smugly tells him, See, I told you she would know the solution. IT guy couldn't know that every time I had to install something on her PC, I cursed because she didn't have the proper setup, but the keyboard right in front of the monitor, much too close for working properly. Who the hell sits that close to their monitor? I mean, I'm at least 32 inches from my monitors right now, and most of the time when I'm editing, I'm sitting even further back because I'm kicked back in this chair with my feet up, and uh, I can't imagine being that close. Now, now I will say, with my eyesight getting a little fluky over the last few years, if I'm not wearing my uh, reading glasses at night, <laughs> so I find myself playing on my phone while laying down, getting ready to go to sleep. And the phone will creep closer and closer and closer. 
and uh it's just sort of automatic i'm not i'm not even thinking about it and you know by the time i realize what's going on with my eyes getting all weirded out i've got the phone probably you know four or five inches in front of my face and it's i kind of feel old when i do that hmm. the case of the broken monitor and the mysterious coffee aroma a lot of monitors today so i had a user come to me today with a faulty monitor it was one of those top-of-the-line ones, only about two months old. She said it wouldn't turn on and claimed she'd tried everything. Before diving deep, I did the usual checks. Power cables, connectivity, tried a different computer, no luck. The power light wasn't coming on. As I was contemplating further diagnostics, a strong coffee aroma filled the air. Curious, I tilted the monitor and heard a sloshing sound. You guessed it, coffee inside the monitor. I asked her about it. She looked genuinely surprised and recalled an incident from last week, but believed she'd caught the spill in time. Apparently not. So today's lesson, folks, monitors aren't coffee-proof, no matter how high-end they are. It was only a week later. You're telling me this lady couldn't remember coffee getting spilled on the monitor, in the monitor, on the desk, around the monitors? I, I don't understand. That's a really memorable event. If something gets spilled on my desk, I'm going to know it. I'm going to remember it. It's going to be seared into my brain forever. I think she was BSing. She knew there was coffee in there and just wanted to try to escape blame somehow, probably. Hey, if you guys enjoyed this video, do me a favor. Click this one right here so you can keep the party going. See ya.